Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Kev's Perspective. I'm your host, Kev Lowe, and today I was alone in this episode, uh, alone in a hotel room. Now, the reason why I preface this is because some people are like, oh, I want a guest. Oh, I want this. Well, here was the deal. I was supposed to actually have a guest on this episode. I was planning on having KP, who is um, Montana of 300's manager on the podcast. He agreed. We were all super excited about it. But tour life gets, you know, kind of hectic and we couldn't really make it happen. With everything going on with just tour, him wrangling up, I think they had like 12 to 13 people in their crew he had to wrangle up every day and just with everything going on, we couldn't make it happen. But I recorded this episode just in case. Um, I will have a follow-up episode here kind of talking about the Montana tour, but this tour, or this episode, sorry, in particular, um, it's focusing on the Webby tour what I learned from that tour, which was with, again, Chris Webby, Echo, and Dizzy Wright. Um, I learned a lot from that tour. Lots of fun, lots of good lessons to be learned. And this episode is me in a mind state of, okay, I just got done with the Chris Webby tour. I've already done a show for Montana of 300 the night before this episode was recorded. And I now flew into Minneapolis and I was preparing to leave for, you know, another nine days for tour. Um, and, you know, like I said, this is just the mind state I was in at the time, the 1 or 2 a.m. thoughts that some people have kind of reflecting on their life and, you know, what uh, is to come for the future. So, again, this episode is very valuable, in my opinion, and uh, I hope you all enjoy it. Chia. KEV. I think you're gonna kill it, bro. Mod son. That was a legendary moment for me. I was like, man. DJ Bonix. Hi, how are you? AB, baby. Lit. I'm just so excited to be talking to you again. This was a blast. Welcome to your podcast. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Kev's perspective. All right. Cool. Well, we're doing this the way it is. Um, I'm just gonna pull up a couple notes here. But welcome, everybody, to another episode of Kev's perspective. I'm your host, Kev Lowe, and I'm in my hotel room in Minnesota. Uh, it's 1.43 in the morning, um, and I'm currently trying to pull up like the couple like notes I uh, I had for the podcast, um, and weirdly enough, they're not popping up. So while I'm trying to find them on kind of what I wanted to talk about, um, I wanted to address why I am at a hotel room at 1.45 in the morning in Minnesota. Um, so most of you know that when I started this podcast, I was in Minnesota living there. Now I live in Louisville officially. I and mean, I think a lot of people know that about me, but if not, um, if you're new to the podcast, again, I do operations for CLM presents. So I fly all over mainly the Midwest and the South and I run shows. Um, I run shows for us and sorry, I'm really trying to pull up the, <laughs> I'm trying to pull up my reminders here. Um, there we go. They're kind of populating slowly with this, this beautiful, hotel wi-fi there we go there it is um and this podcast i wanted to make it because a lot of people um do pay me monthly and i appreciate you guys for supporting the podcast not pay me monthly i guess they donate to the podcast monthly and i haven't been giving fair updates on time it's been a couple weeks since i've made a podcast um now that that doesn't mean i haven't recorded an obscene amount of podcasts um i've recorded a lot 
I recorded a actually a hell of a lot of podcasts, but I haven't put them out. Um, and I don't think the ones I've recorded will be coming out because I'm very picky on my podcast at this point. I'm very picky on like what I what I say and like the way I come off and the quality of the podcast. Like a couple of them were really good, but I didn't start recording till like eight minutes into the conversation and I only had like an iPhone camera and I didn't want to deal with that. Or, you know, I'm on the road a lot now. Like I, the whole point of this podcast, this one in particular is going to talk about the inappropriate tour I just did with Chris Webby, Dizzy Wright and Echo. Um, and then I'm going to go over a little bit about the Halloween show and my favorite city with them and my least favorite city with them on that tour. Um, I'm going to talk about being adaptive. Uh, I'm going to talk about tour fatigue. That's something that's really, I'm learning a lot about and your health and how important that is. And I'm also going to go over COVID because COVID's still out there, people. Um, and it definitely affected the last tour we were on. For those who know, you know the last show. And then uh, the last thing I want to talk about is being built different for this. So before I get into that, um, again, I'm in my hotel room at, like like I said, 1.45 in the morning making this podcast uh, because, again, to my listeners, I feel like I have an obligation. So thank you so much for sticking with me and sticking with the content and just being patient with me. Um, again, this whole adjustment to doing this full-time in operations, I underestimated it. Like, I really did. Um, it is not only very difficult to keep up because of the fatigue that you feel. Um, but it's also difficult because just balancing what I have to do every night. Um, like the amount of tasks I have on my plate each night is insane for the shows. Now it's not just, you know, a couple things. It's the entire show. Um, and being trusted with that again, I, th I thank Cato for trusting me with his company and being able to take full charge of the shows and being able to, um, you know, really, really just do my thing. Uh, I really don't get like micromanaged. I don't really get told what to do that much. Um, as long as I follow the agreements and do the shows, I just go on tour now and I, I run these shows and I'm very thankful for that. Um, and I just, like I said, I got off the, I'm, I'm sidetracked, but I got off the inappropriate tour with Chris Webby and Dizzy Wright and Echo. And then, you know, obviously they had, that was, those were the three headliners, but then we had, you know, like Pimo and Mike Squires, which are really two really cool guys I met on the tour. Um, and then, you know, I met Smooth, the drummer, Big John, the security guy. Like I met all of Webby's camp. And um, and normally when I do tours, like I've done, I've done I've done a lot of like tours. Like even though they're only three, four dates, there's still tours. I did seven dates with these guys recently. Um, and that went over Halloween, which was a big, big show. And um, I just kind of want to talk about hanging with them and what that experience was like. Now, a little background about me. I've always loved Dizzy Wright. I've loved him. I've loved Dizzy for 10 years easily. I mean, I've listened to Dizzy for a long time. I saw Dizzy Wright in Soundset way back when. I think that was 2014 with my uncle. Um, and he was phenomenal then. I was listening to him when he was on Funk Volume. Um, and I, he was the only artist I really listened to on Funk Volume. Listened to Hop a little bit. I mainly got into Dizzy though before anybody else. Jaron Benton, who I've worked with. Um, you know, I worked with Jaron a year ago and Jaron was really fucking cool. Really cool guy to work with. But when I met Dizzy, he was everything I hoped. Just to be honest, he was genuine. He was, you know, uh, thoughtful. He was just a nice person to be around overall. Um, and his music still kicks ass. Even his new stuff uh, on Sliding and Gliding, which is a lot of what he was promoting on this last tour, he fucking killed it every night. So Dizzy, 
one of the most genuine people out there. Dizzy, if you ever see this, bro, I fuck with you heavy. I know that we're going to work with Dizzy a lot in the future, so that's more to come. But um, now I'm going to go over Echo. Echo, like each of these guys, by the way, brought their own people. And like, like you know, Echo brought DJ Co- Code Break. I mean, Dizzy brought DJ Hoppa. Um, Chris Webby brought uh, International Santino, a.k.a. DJ Santino. Um, or sorry, not Santino, Santos. Sorry, brother. <laughs> Santos. Um and again, each one had their own vibe, the way they hosted the show, the way they commanded the crowd, the way they even used the DJ board, the way they played their tracks, the way they, inter- like just everything, man. It was really cool to see the difference there and how each one performed. That's what I found this tour to be very unique. The inappropriate tour was unique because you had three headliners bringing a lot, a massive amount of like quality and a lot of value to the crowd. Um, and anyone who was at those shows can vouch that like those shows over a lot of hip hop shows in particular, like these ones kicked ass. They kicked major ass. Um, and so I, I, that's the inappropriate tours are super fun. When I, the, like day one, when you meet these guys, they like embrace you in their camp. If you like obviously do your job well and like don't give them a reason to fucking hate you, um, which really isn't that fucking hard in my opinion. Um, like these, this whole camp was just embrace, like it was a brotherhood. Like that's how it felt. Like it was a very, it was like a brotherhood. Like they handed you the bottle of Tito's like fucking go nuts, man. They're like, have fun with us. Like at the end of the night, they're like throw water off stage with us, bro. Like they were just awesome. Like I didn't, and and I didn't even ask like Mike Squires, for example, one of the openers I met, AKA he was also the media guy there for the whole tour. I didn't even ask him to take photos of us. And like the whole, after the tour, he was like, here's a whole folder of all the photos that I did. I've never met any tour photographer, videographer, whatever, that's with the headliner that just openly extended that to the promoter that openly was like, Hey man, like here's all of the shit that I did. And here's specifically photos of you. Imagine how many photos and videos he has to go through per night. Like that, those are the type of guys that I'm talking about. Like, you know, back to Echo, like Echo and Code Break, like even though Echo was more on the quiet side, like Echo was still a dope dude to be around, still super nice, like kicked ass at his set. I was talking to him on the side one night and I was like, man, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you perform the way you do? If anyone's seen Echo perform, he spits bars. And he was telling me how, uh, he's like, I rap while on the treadmill. Like that's a dedication, man. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I don't know, just the personalities on that tour. It was a brotherhood. It was such a good time. My fa- and like my favorite city and my favorite show was actually not the Halloween show. I'll go over the Halloween show in a second because we do an annual Halloween show with Webby every year, minus you know last year. Um, it usually gets very close, if not sells out. And uh, my favorite show, it wasn't even that one though. My favorite show was in Sage, Illinois a place I've never been. Uh, and it's not even cause I was the biggest crowd. Cause it wasn't, it was not the biggest crowd of the night. The reason why it was my favorite show was because that night I was already like three or four dates in with these guys. They knew me. We were all comfortable. We all knew each other. Like, why we go, what's up, bro? Like whatever. And like, 
man, like just that show was fun, dude. Like I'll, I'll throw some clips up on YouTube for my audio listeners. Seriously, go to my YouTube. I'm gonna throw some clips in there of like, us just having a good time, man. Like the performances by Dizzy were amazing. Webb, like great energy that night. Like we had no issues with any kind of production, any kind of sound checks. We, the, the meet and greets went off without a hitch. Um, you know, we were all like kind of drinking a little bit and having a good time. And I, I never drink at shows. Like for those who know me, when I run a show, I'm stone cold sober that night. It, it was going so well. I was like, all right, like I'll have fun with y'all a little bit. Um, and that's why it was my favorite, man. Sajay just like went so well and there was no problems. It just, it was amazing. I love that. Sajay, Illinois is on the border, by the way, of Missouri. And like literally like where Sajay is, you can see St. Louis across the fucking river. You can see the arch. It's a really cool city. Um, but the Halloween show, I want to go over that a little bit because our Halloween show with Chris, Dizzy and Echo and all those guys, man, like it was wild wild like they all were in costumes like they they even like brought webby out in the squid games uniform and there's a pic of it i'll post like there's uh i think it was echo and someone else i think it was uh just for kicks another opener that was a fucking amazing dude um he was one of the tour openers and um him and echo brought out webby um to the walked him out squid game style. So they had him Webby in like the full squid games uniform, walked him out with the, the, the two squares on their faces and like put a bag over his head. Like they just got him in the squid games and like put him on stage, man. It was just super cool. And the crowd was going crazy. Like the energy, the, the thing I loved about that tour was just like the energy, um, that was a part of it. Like, like once the locals win and locals did a phenomenal job on every show, um, which I loved because that this is to be honest, it's kind of rare if I call them locals, but like the local artists is how we categorize them. If, if, if you're, you know, getting on the tour, selling tickets, like you're a local, local opener. Um, and those locals like killed it every night. I never had a bad local, which is amazing. And that's rare to have. And then you would provide that with just for kicks, which is like one of Webby's homies. And then right after that, Pimo and Mike Squires, which amazing, different, different, unique sound. And then you got, you know, right after that, we had, uh, we had echo come on right after them and then an echo and code break. And then we had dizzy and Hoppa, and then we had Webby and, you know, uh, Santos, man. And it was just such a good lineup good energy, great build, phenomenal tour. Um, now the next point I wanted to talk about was being adaptive. And the reason why I, I bring that up is because one night on tour, it was, I think we were in Milwaukee. Um, and basically like, I'm not, I'm not shitting on the venue or nothing. Like it was a t tough situation to be in regardless, but you have to be adaptive because after sound check, we saw the sound guy pull out and leave the venue. And we were like, who was running our sound? Um, and I didn't say anything. The, the reason why I didn't say anything, and I knew it from the get, is because I wanted to be adaptive. I wanted the venue to have a plan, and I figured they would, and they did. Um, the owner actually covered and did a good job. And um, and in one of, in one of Webby's recaps, like they were like mad at the sound guy, but at that point they didn't know that it wasn't the true sound guy. Because if you guys were in my position, right? And you see the sound guy leave and you're hoping he comes back because it's the beginning of the night and you know, he's not there for locals. That's fine. Like the sounds all good. But then when the headliner is about to go on um, and you see someone else behind the board, you don't really want to alert the headliner. I let him know a couple minutes before, but I was like, Hey man, like 
what can you say? What can I do as a promoter? I can't go and change the sound guy. It's not my venue. I can't go and change anything. I don't know their board. Each each board every night in each venue is different. So to be adaptive, I was just trying to like play damage control. I was like trying to keep them happy, like to keep Dizzy happy since the sound didn't go so well. I like went and like got him raps that were like his favorite raps I spent my own money on. Think about that. Like I was like, you know what? I know he's up. He's going to be a little upset. Like I texted his manager, Ocelot, and I was like, Ocelot, like, he was like, hey, man, Dizzy loves these raps. I'll, I'll cash app you. And I was like, fuck it, man, I got you. I was like, for, for, all, the, for all the bullshit tonight, I got you. Um, and, that, and that saved my butt a little bit there with Webb. I had a conversation with him after, and I was like, hey, man, like, are you all right? And he comes up to me, and there's a photo on my Instagram of us, like, dapping each other up in Milwaukee. In that exact moment, Webby came up to me and he was like, bro, we fucking did it. It's all good. And he was happy as hell. Because regardless of the sound, he still brought a phenomenal experience. Like, at the end of the day, like, even if not everything's perfect as a performer, your job is to give the patrons what they paid for. Um, and he did that every night. And that's what I mean by being adaptive is when that situation comes up, you have to have an instinct and know in my position as an operations manager of a show, being a tour manager, whatever the position is, whatever hat you're wearing, you have to be able to be like, identify the personality. Like if I tell them, is this really going to change anything or matter? Am I just going to bring more anxiety to this person? Um, Is it going to benefit in any way? I told the key players who needed to know. I told, you know, the managers, I told who they needed to know. Um, But I didn't tell the artist because the artist's job is to perform and you want to get in their head right before they go on. So just, I'm just saying being adaptive in this scene, music scene in, in particular, if you're really doing this, man, like if you're really out here working, very important. Um, and that, that's another thing that I want to go into right away is tour fatigue because man, is tour fatigue a real thing? Um, every night being adaptive, running off of two to three hours of sleep a night and eating like crap, like just a couple minutes ago, like I'm think about this. I landed, I'm in my hotel at one o'clock in the morning. What's open at one o'clock in the morning? I don't have my rental car yet. So I have to walk into the vicinity. So I have like a mile radius that I'll walk at one in the morning. Um, and I was like, where, where am I going to go? Papa John's right across the street. The only thing open, the only thing open was Taco Bell. That's the real thing about tours that if you don't eat during the day, which you do like during the day, you have your healthy meals and like normally you have your healthy meals. But when, when I was first learning tour, you know, I didn't really understand how to keep myself healthy to like literally the last tour. At this point, I've done like 50 plus shows with CLM and I didn't even think about properly feeding my body to keep me energized because day five or four on tour i was like god we're eating like shit running off of two to three hours of sleep like gas station food papa john's fucking just nasty shit that i'm not used to that i don't eat all the time uh your body just starts to lose it man you start to like get cloudy minded you start to like dehydrated really fast you, you you start to like gain weight and like even though i'm like burning a thousand plus calories a night running around the show every night like you would eat like shit your body's not gonna like feel good you know what i mean um not drinking enough water not even just having not no even if i had no alcohol at all um just like the water intake is so important so what i did uh, for on tours to keep my health up is I, I bought this like superfood the superfood green uh, like um it's like equivalent to the naked green machine if you guys have ever had that the naked juice um it's a powder that is like all 94 nutrients that you need in the day and you pour that with water it tastes like crap but once you have a cup of that 
I promise you, you need to have a cup of that if you're on tour every day for more than just like one or two days. If you're not going on like a quick one to two day run where you can like eat like shit and go home and like, you know, work out, eat better, shower, whatever, and like just get it out of the way um, and recover. Um, if you're going to be on tour for a prolonged period of time, like I was with Webby and Dizzy and Echo, you got to like every morning what I did was like one little cup of that superfood. And then after that, I did liquid IV and I've never even heard of liquid IV until I started listening to some more podcasts. Um, and, uh, it was like sponsored a ton and I was like, what is this stuff? It's basically just like a powder you pour in a water bottle and one water bottle equals like four water bottles is what supposedly it says. And I looked into it and it just has like a ton of nutrients and electrolytes and vitamins in it. So bringing my vitamins, bringing my superfood, bringing my, like my B complex vitamins, more vitamins, and bringing, um, you know, like that liquid IV, that's the best way in my opinion to like stay healthy on tour. It's so crucial. May sound silly, but tour fatigue will fuck with you. It will fuck with you so bad because an average day on tour, for those who don't know, is like you go to the show normally around three or three thirty, but before that, around like two or two thirty, as the promoter. You're getting the rider items, you're getting their food, you're you're you've already advanced the venue is saying this is what they need for tech and the venue should be getting to go get going. And then when I pull up to the venue, I have all their food and their drinks and all that. I have a wireless mic normally to give to the venue at 3 30. So from like 2 p.m. all the way up until like one or two in the morning is when we get into the bed of the hotel room. I don't eat, I barely drink any water, and we just go, 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 go. Um, throughout there, you do your best to drink water. And if you can find food in between the show, sure. But in my job, I've never been able to like eat during a show, just too stressed out, too much going on. Um, and then when I get to the hotel room, we eat like shit and we go to bed and then we wake up again at like seven or eight in the morning to drive five to six hours to the next city to do it again. And think about it, do the math. You wake up at like, if you, it, we always try to wake up at eight in the morning or earlier, but we would leave at like nine because there's like four guys you have to coordinate with, three to four guys always with you, my DJ, my, my videographer Gage, and then, you know, you got the boss man who was with us last time. Um, and you have to coordinate with four, three other grown men to like leave on time. Never happens the right way. And then you have to drive six hours. You're, you're, you pull up to the, to the actual city at like two and you do it again. Like I said, from two, you go get the rider items and then you're there at the venue at three 30 and you don't leave again until like, you know, midnight or one. And then you get to the hotel room by one 32 tour fatigue's huge. If anybody knows tour, man, it's real. Um, COVID now that last tour was great, but the last city we were supposed to be in Newport, Kentucky and we pulled up to the venue, um, and essentially what happened was like, you, if anyone was there is no secret, Webby posted it to his story. He got COVID. He, po he tested positive for COVID. And um, I don't want to hear any backlash from that because when you're doing events during a pandemic given, you know the risk of going to a show. That's why I also want to talk about Halloween. Halloween was seven to 800 people we had in that building or more. I didn't really count, but pre-sales were like 700. And, um, and at that point, you got to know like, the venue has their own rules. If the venue says you don't need a negative test and you don't need masks, if they're all optional for vaccinated individuals and they're not checking vaccine cards at the door, you know, it's up to you to like keep your, to keep your, your, yourself healthy. Um, I only had a couple emails regarding like people trying to blame me for giving them COVID and or even trying to blame web. And I was like, guys, I basically said like we, as CLM, the one thing we learned is like, we put our COVID protocols back in place. Like, 
now I'm on the Montana 300 tour. I just did Louisville last night. Like that's why I'm saying I'm in my hotel room going to the next city. I wore my mask the entire night last night. I sanitized my hands as much as possible. I stayed away from people as much as possible, um, which is like not doable. But if I have my N95 on, I can do a pretty good job, you know, and that's kind of the protocols we have in place because none of us got COVID, but um, it was about like, just like keeping our family safe. Like we got home and like when I got off the Webby tour and like, I was like, okay, well, we had to stay over the night in the city that we we were supposed to have a show in. Show got re- rescheduled to December second with Webb because we had to let him get healthy, get better, and not risk giving anybody COVID. And then what I had to do is, as a team, we all had to like test. We all tested negative, test the next morning, test negative again, go home. But again, to keep my family safe, I stayed in an Airbnb for two days, so I only stayed at my actual house for a total of three days until I left again for tour. Think about that. You're on the road for seven days. You go back home into an Airbnb, not your own bed, not your own shower. Can't eat well because you don't have your own kitchen. You only have limited resources. And then I stayed at my house after I tested negative again. And then I was home for three days and I tested, I tested again while I was home, just a triple quadruple check at that point. That would be what five tests I've taken at that point, all negative before I went back on tour. COVID during the music industry, during events is super, super interesting because not only should you keep yourself safe and your team safe and your patrons safe, but there's only so much you can do. The rest is up to the discretion of the venue, discretion of the uh, patrons. So I'm just warning anybody doing shows right now, if you're out clubbing and you're not really thinking about that stuff, like I'm avoiding all clubs. Even if I had the opportunity, I only ever go to a club if I'm like literally having a meeting with the owner of the club, which we've done during COVID. But like, even then we're not in that place long and I try to wear a mask. Um, so that's just my personal protocols. And I'm also trying to install that, instill that, sorry, within CLM, um, for tours in particular, like we're not going to be all crazy and like not touch anybody and shit like that. Cause we have to do what we have to do for events. But I think we are all going to start wearing masks, uh, more. I think we're going to make sure that we're eating better to keep ourselves healthy. And right, right before the tour ends, get, get some COVID tests and get test negative in the city that we're in, or, you know, get a test in the city that we're in and make sure that when we go home, if we test negative, that we know that we're not hopping on a plane or giving people COVID or like going home and giving the families COVID, like just being very careful. Um, things that people don't think about, but that logistically is a nightmare to figure out after like figuring out the whole tour, which yeah, I just keep saying a lot goes into plus COVID plus like the payment on the back end, plus taking care of people, making sure they're good and like taking care of the patrons and dealing with their feedback. It's a lot. Um, but the last point I wanted to make was you got to be built different to be in this industry, man. You got to be built different because think about it. Now that I've been making a podcast for about 24 minutes now, it fucking now it's two in the morning and I have to wake up tomorrow morning after being in my hotel and I got checked in my hotel at midnight off the flight. Now I have to go to the rental car again. I'm not complaining. I fucking love my life. I worked hard as fuck to get here. Cato is giving me a platform. Like, He's not giving it to me on a silver platter. I, he, he knows that I worked hard for this. But like the fact that I'm working for CLM and have the ability to operate good shows with genuine people and do good business and like being able to go through this tour fatigue and learn this stuff and like get all this experience and work with all these artists, like 
I'm blessed, man. And that's why I keep saying to people, you got to be built different to do this. Like if you think you're going to be a tour manager and you can just hop on a bus and it's all fun and shit every night, like imagine that hangover you get if you did drink at a show, which I try not to for this reason. I learned my lesson early on where imagine the worst hangover you've ever had. And then you have to wake up at seven in the morning and you have no choice because you know, in the next city, you have a five to six hour drive or more ahead of you. You have to drive there with your people. And then when you get there, you have to operate on a high level and then do business on a high level. It's crazy. These are just things I never thought about when I was like, again, I, I keep saying this, but when me and Gage were sitting on his deck in St. Paul, Minnesota, you know, saying when I was like 17 years old, which was like eight years ago, hey man, like we're going to do this. We're going to go on tours. We're going to run shows. Like we're going to do shows. Like we're, we're, we're just going to, we're going to do this shit. And we manifested it and we talk about it today, how we're like, wow, we just like, it's really amazing. The experience, the, the knowledge, but never did we think the, the fatigue and like, we just never thought about the negative stuff that comes from it. And again, I'm, when I say fatigue, I'm not freaking underplaying that shit, man, that, that is real as hell. Um, I mean, even if we, without COVID dude, I, I know I come off tours a little sick, just like. I'm like, oh man, I got a little bit of a fever. I'm like, I got, there's just a little bug in my system. I'm, oh my God. Sorry if this is too much information. The tour shits because of how bad you eat. Oh my God. Like it's just not good. <laughs> but um, I just want to sign off by saying that I'm blessed to be here. I appreciate my listeners. For those who are listening, I love making these podcasts. I just need to have the energy to do it to set it up in my hotel room. Um. And I want to have more guests. Like my goal is now that I'm on the Montana 300 tour, I like obviously I'm trying to build relationships with artists first, but if I can get interviews for y'all, I will. I'll do my best. Um, but the plan for me the rest of the year, because I know people watch and listen to this who actually care about me as a person to keep up with me. Um, I just, like I said, I got off the Chris Webby tour. Now I'm on the Montana 300 tour and I'll be doing this for 10 days. And then I go home for about three or four, I think. Uh, no, I'm home for five. And then after that, I go, I fly out before Black Friday for a Black Friday show. We're going to go hang out with Webby and them and just just like, again, connection, like fly out, hang out with them and the team um, and on his Black Friday show in Connecticut. And then I go to New York and I visit, you know, Riff's team, Riff Raff's another client of ours that we work with. And then after that, I'm going to go to Minneapolis and go to the G Herbo show. I'm going to talk more about that later when I get more details, but let's just to say, again, CLM is involved in that marketing wise and possibly more. Um, and then, you know, after that, I go home for like two to three days. I spend Thanksgiving with my, my family, my girlfriend, my dog. And then right after that, I go on Dizzy Wright tour for about five, six days. I'm blessed. I fucking love this. I'm so excited to be doing it. I'm glad I'm good at it. Because if I wasn't, that would suck. Um, and I'm, I think I made the right decision. I quit my job at Apple. And I made the right decision. I think I think I did. Um, and I'm just really happy to be here. The dream come true. As I'm sitting in my hotel room alone. <laughs> the dream come true. It really is. Um, and after this podcast, I'm going to go and respond to more emails and go to bed. So thank y'all for listening. Chia. Thank you, thank you, 
Thank you to every single listener. You have followed me all the way to the end of this episode, and I greatly appreciate you for doing that. Please go give me a follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave me a review. Give it a five star and tell me what you love about this podcast. Every little thing you do helps, including subscribing to me on YouTube. That is Kev's Perspective, K-E-V comma S Perspective. Every single week, I do all of this myself, and I'd greatly appreciate all of you to just give me a follow, throw me a five star, give me a like, whatever you can do to help me grow. I'd greatly appreciate it. Tune in next week to Kev's Perspective. Cheers.